Welcome to the January 1st sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Isaiah chapter 43, and the sermon is entitled, The Unfinished Work of God, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. As I pray this morning with the deacons, my prayer was simply this. Oftentimes we think we come and we worship and God joins us. We've got that totally backwards. God is worship. And it's our job to enter into His presence and into His praise. And so today I'm grateful that you've taken time to begin a new year in the very presence of a holy God. In a place where I believe that every person should be, but many don't want to be there. Are you expecting something today? Come on, church. You didn't convince me. You didn't convince your leader that you were expecting something. Can I be honest? Maybe you were a little asleep. I'll give you one more chance. Did you come expecting something today from God? Absolutely. Never, ever enter the doors of this church without expecting something, not from a pastor, not from a worship leader, not from any one person other than God himself. That's how you enter these doors. God is going to speak and minister to me today. That mindset, God will begin to work in your life and in my life. And it's with that mindset I approach a very fresh and new year, only hours old of a new year, and here we are in the presence of God. And so I come today, as the calendar turns, 2023 is here, I want you to know that I am thankful that even though the calendar changes, God does not change. We still serve the same faithful God that we always have. Psalm 100 Verse number 5 says this, For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. How many of you last night were the generation that welcomed the new year in bed? Amen. That was my plan. That was my plan. I was asked to be a part of the youth uh, New Year's thing last night I had an 8 o'clock message My plan was 8 o'clock message 9 o'clock leave and go home 10 o'clock be in bed It didn't work out that way The preacher got preached to I want you to know that And in my devotion to the teenagers I told them that being up past 12 o'clock Was not an excuse to miss, miss church the next day And so I was preached to by one of the leaders that approached me and said, just because you have to preach in the morning doesn't mean you can't stay up past 12 (laughs) o'clock. So I went home at 9 o'clock, and I looked over the sermon one last time, and I prayed, and I came back, and I ushered in the new year with teenagers. My mind is tired today, but my God is not. My God is faithful. Even when we... Don't expect it. Even when we're not looking for him, remember that word look. Even when we don't understand what he's doing, God is faithful. And so as we enter a fresh and new year, I want to take this New Year's Day message and ask you to turn to the Old Testament book of Isaiah 43. Isaiah chapter number 43. As Isaiah stands as a prophet to the beloved nation of Judah at this time I want you to know that Israel has been divided into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom Judah is that southern kingdom 
and the arise of the Assyrian army. They have chipped away at Israel, at the northern kingdom. They have overtaken them. And as the southern kingdom sees an invasion coming, guess what? They get, un they get worried. They start looking elsewhere in other places, in other locations, in other people for help in which they should be looking to God for. They looked in all other areas but failed to look at God. All they seen was an Assyrian army is coming to capture and to attack and to take us captive. That's all they could see. They could not see God at work. And there are many times, I know that's an Old Testament story, a truth, but how many of us today in 2023, just a few hours into a new year, have already had our eyes taken off of God and placed on something that we're facing, something that is headed our way and that we're concerned about. And instead of focusing on God to get us through that, we're focused on the concern. I want you to know today, Isaiah 43 is a powerful chapter, and I can't do it justice in 30 minutes. But I want you to know this today. I believe this truth. As God speaks it to the people of Israel, here's what he tells the people of Israel. Israel, I'm not done with you. Judah, I'm not done with you. Even though the captives are there, I'm not done with, with, with the work I have for you. And I believe today that message is still true for every single one of us. God is not done with us. Just because the calendar turns, or just because you feel old, or just because sickness and death has crept into your home, listen, God is not done. God is not done with Clifford Baptist Church. And I'm thankful for that as a church body. I'm grateful for a new year of new opportunity, of new chances, of the same old God to work through every single one of us. Today, Isaiah 43 gets me a little excited if you can't tell. Look at verse number 1. But now... Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. In a moment when the nation of Judah says we're in trouble, God just reminds them through the prophet of Isaiah and through a king of Hezekiah, he would raise up godly people to just continue to speak truth. The truth of God that he is still there and that he is still leading. And I want you to know that I, maybe that's my job here today. It's just to be the mouthpiece of God to remind you this. God is still faithful to what he has for your life. Point number one today, as we think about the unfinished work of God, is this. You are known by God. You are known. For many years, 16 of them of my life, I worked at a local company. I'll, I'll give its name, BWXT. And at that company, on the back of my badge was a number. 2862, I will never forget that. And for 16 years... To a company, that's who I was. H2862. H2862. That number followed me everywhere that I went. 
When I filled out paperwork, they didn't know about Jeffrey Campbell. They knew about H-2862. And I felt like for 16 years, I worked for a company, but they didn't know me. They didn't know me. They knew that I put my time in. They knew that I showed up to work. They paid me. I'm thankful for that. But they didn't know me. They knew that I showed up, I did my job, and I went home. How many of you feel like that in the work world? Anybody feel like you're not known? What about in the spiritual world? What about in little Amherst County, Virginia, little Nelson County, Virginia, where are you from, our little towns? God, do you know where we are? Do you know what's going on? God, I'm, I'm facing this, and, and I need you. God, do you even know me? Many times growing up, I've, I've had to ponder that question. God, are you, really, are you really here? And through some of the biggest doubts in my life, I would come to this scripture in Isaiah 43, and the Bible tells me this, Jeffrey Campbell, God knows you. And I want to remind you that God knows you. In the unfinished work of God, God knows who you are, and God has a plan for your life. Throughout his word, he says, uh, O Judah, O Israel, out of Jacob, I formed you. I created you. Out of one man, I created a nation of my people. What a hope. What a hope. Out of one man would rise believers and God Almighty. And God's plan was to use these believers and this nation to change the world and bring a world to God. Let me ask you, this question, church, do you think that God could use a little church in Amherst County, Virginia to accomplish that same purpose? I don't believe you. I don't believe you with that. Do you believe that God could use this church to reach a world about the Savior, Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. I believe that. And God has given us opportunities that we've never, ever had before. New opportunities that we must take advantage of. But it goes back to the adage, you are known. God tells Jeremiah the same thing. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew you. I had a plan for you, Jeremiah. David writes in Psalm 139, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. What do these Old Testament leaders, biblical leaders, teach us about a God that knows us? He teaches us a very good truth, and that is this, that God knows exactly who you are and where you are and what you're going through. Real quick, a just quick rundown of Scripture. Psalm 147 tells me the stars are numbered and named by God. Matthew's Gospel tells me that he knows when a sparrow falls and he knows the hairs on your head. Psalm 139 says that when you sit down and when you stand up, God knows it. Just think about that. He goes before us. He follows behind us. Before a word is on our tongue, the Bible says, God knows what you're going to say. Our thoughts, our hearts. God knows them. And even our weaknesses. And he looked at a nation that was so weak that was so scared of, a, of, a, of an invading nation, he said, here's two words I want you to remember. Fear not. 
Fear not. While your eyes are on the army, you are in my hands. And so today, as we begin a new year, church, God knows you. God knows the plans that he, that he has for your life. But God also knows not what you're doing, but what you're not doing. And for so long, that has scared the daylights out of me. I'm so scared of failing God, it's not funny. Can I be honest with you? If I walk through the store and don't say hi to somebody, that bothers me. Because I missed a chance that God may have used. So if you see me in, in the store, I will talk to everybody. That's why my wife sends me one way and she goes the other. But can I be honest with you? I have a fear of failing God. And I don't want that. And so I go overboard on everything that I do. Some of you notice that. I preach loud. I get excited. That's just my heart. When you walk past me, you better not walk past me without getting a high or a handshake or even a hug. If you're not a hugger, I'm sorry, you're going to get hugged. But I tell you all of these things to tell you this. God knows exactly who we are. And in our strengths and in our weaknesses, God says, I can still use that. I can use that for my glory. In the unfinished work of God, you are looking at one man in myself today that is an unfinished work of God. That is just trying to be faithful in what God wants me to do. And if hundreds of us stand up together, the world will know about Jesus. There is unfinished work to do and that God wants to do and I believe it takes us realizing that every one of us is known and needed and can be used by God. I'm not going to do it because I've taken a lot of my time and I've gotten off script. But I want to challenge you to look through chapter number 43 later on today and look at all the eyes of what God says. God says, I'm going to do a bunch of things for you. Real quick, he says, I am the Lord thy God. I have loved thee. I will give men for thee. I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. I've made you. I've declared you. I've saved you. I've showed you. And at the end of verse number 12, he simply says this, I am God. And you've forgotten that. You've forgotten that I'm, I'm willing and able to work through you, Israel and Judah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Christians today, I want you to know by this verse alone, I want you to know that you are known by Jesus Himself. And He has a work to do. How many of us today are unfinished works of a master? I am. But you are known. You are named and you are loved. Point number two, look at verses two through four. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt... For thy ransom, Ethiopia, and Saba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable 
and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and the people for thy life. Point number two, in the unfinished work of God, there's always going to be tough encounters. How many, just by a show of a quick hands, how many of you say I had a pretty pitiful 2022 in some way? All right. How many of you say 2023 can't be like 2022? All right, thank you. It can't be like that. So many times we get focused on what is coming at us. And as God reminds the nation of Judah, and he brings back to their recollection, he brings back a memory, a time of where he led them from places of captivity to a place of promise. And very quickly they had forgotten what God had done throughout the generation of their life. And so today, I want you to know, as we look back through the years of Clifford Baptist Church, my, my prayer is this, that you have seen God working in the past. That you know that He can be trusted for the things that He's done and that He's led you through. And even though when we look back on a terrible year and one that we may want to forget, listen, God's still in charge. God's still in charge. Just because the calendar change doesn't mean your circumstances will. This year, listen to me, church. This year, 2023, some of you will go through the hardest things that you've ever been through in your life. Some of you will experience that. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it looks like. But it's coming. How do you handle those tough encounters? I want you to know there's one way, and I want you to look at verse number 3. It says this, For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. As you look at the first part of verse number 3, there is one reason and one reason alone that Judah would not be destroyed. And that's because of God. Because I love you and you are mine. That's the only reason this nation wouldn't be destroyed. There would be a remnant of believers there. And I'm thankful today that no matter what may come my way, that I know this. Whatever comes, there's one truth that I can hang my hat on. God is in the midst of it. God is there. As those encounters fly our way, we must be faithful to keep our eyes on a faithful Lord and a loving Lord. He says, I will... Go through the fire. Now that doesn't invite you to go and light a fire and run through it thinking you're going to be saved. But what that does remind you in the very toughest times of your life, God says this, I'll be there. I'll be there. When the fire gets hot and it feels like it's going to burn, I'm in the midst of the fire. I will be there with you. When nobody else is around and when everybody else forgets about you, I am there. Here is the best promise in all of the Bible that you can have. The best promise in all of the promises that this word offers is this. God is with you. That is the best promise this book has. Some of you hang your hat on a decision of heaven. Look, I can't wait to heaven. That is an excellent promise. But I'm worried about every day on this earth that I have to deal with. And I want this. I want the presence of God now. And I'll enjoy it again later. The greatest promise to me personally 
It's not that I'll spend all eternity with God, but I can spend each day with God because of His presence. In those tough encounters, when those things come our way, I want you to know that God is with us. Some people want to keep their eyes focused and look back at a, at a bad situation or a bad year. And I've done that myself. Listen, we are still on the hills of the worst two years of ministry in my entire life because of a disease. It's, uh, it's something that's ran people out of the ministry. I contemplated it myself. Some of the hardest years. And in the hardest years of life, here's what the people of the church did and are doing. Some haven't come back. Some are here. And some left. Divisiveness. Tough situations can be twisted and manipulated if our eyes are not in the right places. And so I want to encourage you, church family, keep your eyes on the Lord through it all. And so even in the hardest time of ministry, I don't want to look to a king or a president or a nation or a hope. I want to look to my God. And it is through Him Christians will be able to rise and stand up and do the things that they're supposed to do. Church, we must get our eyes on the Lord. The days will not get any easier. Ministry will not become easier. It will only get harder. But you know what the joy of ministry is? Days like today. When the family shows up and we get through it and we work through it together. Being there one for another. Some of you depend on me and I depend a lot on you. Friends, as we look at the tough year that we may have had and maybe the year to come, God's promise is this. My presence is with you. I will be with you. We must keep our eyes on Him. Look at verse number 10, verses 10 through 13. Verses 10 through 13. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Point number three today is this. Is in the unfinished work of God, you've got to remember the purpose that God has for your life. This scripture takes on the scene of a courtroom and God Almighty is calling for one thing, or maybe a group of things, one word, and that is this, who will be my witness? Who will be my witness of the faithfulness of God? In verse number 9, in verse number 10, in verse number 12, you see the word witnesses there. But what is the argument? Where is the defense? What, who's on trial? Here is the argument. Is God the Lord of Israel? Is he the Lord of his people? 
And while many would look at the, the invading Assyrian army and say, God, where are you? You're not here. There would be a group, a remnant of people that would say, I still will trust God through this. How many of us today will take just for a second and put our eyes on a Savior and know that He is there? My prayer this morning that this message is not just for the people of Judah long ago. But my prayer this morning is that God would raise up within this church family and within believers that are watching around the world, witnesses, people that will go to bat for their Savior. People that will stand up and say, Jesus can be counted on. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus loves you. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the reason. Jesus will save you. How many people will be a witness? How many in here can God count on to witness that Jesus is the answer to any question that we have? Our lives, our lives need to match that of our faith. We need to be representatives of Christ in this world. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse number 2 says this, It's better to go to a house of mourning than a house of feasting. I'm not going to finish the verse. I'm going to explain it. It's better to go to a funeral than a wedding. Listen to this. Why is that? For that death is the end of all the living, and that the living will lay its heart to it. The death is the end, and the living need to lay their heart to it. They need to take it to heart. Here's what that verse teaches. Death is coming. Death is coming. And death is real. And how did we get to death? Because of this thing, you and I have a purpose. And sometimes that purpose is not carried out. Sometimes we go off scene before that ever happens. I'm going to talk to you just for a second. In your heart of hearts... How many people in this room and watching around the world will say, I have always wanted to do this for God? In your heart, maybe it's a mission trip. Maybe it's something that you've always wanted to do and you've never, ever done it before. What's holding you back? Is it your own fears? Is it something that you're going through? Is it you're afraid of what others will say? Some of you aren't carrying out what God wants you to because you're so worried about everybody else. You're worried about the invading army instead of putting your eyes on God. And so here is the reminder, church. Remember your purpose. God doesn't purpose a handful of people to share the gospel. He purposes hundreds of us from Clifford Baptist Church to share the gospel and to be involved in our community. And to carry out the purpose. Some of you are prayer warriors. And some of you are praying. And some of you are not. Some of you are servants. And some of you are serving. And some of you are not. If God has breath in your body. God has a purpose for your life. Figure out what God wants you to do in 2023. That you've never ever done for him before. And here's my advice. Do it. Do it. Simply be faithful enough 
to obey God and do what He's called you to do. I've done the hardest thing of my life in 2022, stepping into full-time ministry. I had so many questions, and I still do. But the biggest thing is health care for my, my family, and how do I take care of this, and what about this? And when you walk away from it all, I didn't realize the burden that I was carrying because I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. I was fearful. I was worried about the details. And here's what I want to testify as your pastor. God takes care of all the details. How many of you in 2023 just need to do what God has purposed you to do? The last point comes from verses 18 and 19. And that is this. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. As Isaiah is talking to the people of Israel through the inspiration of God. He says, I'm getting ready to do something like I've never, ever done before. How many of you in this building today, just by a testimony, a raise a hand, how many of you are afraid of change? Go ahead, raise them up. We don't like it. But here's what God says in these verses. I'm not going to change, but the way that I do things may be different than you've ever seen them before. And it's okay. I can work through that. How many new things, please don't bash me too hard, how many new things have you seen in six months in this church's life? This was almost the death of me. <laughs> Can I be honest? A new bulletin. New screens. We got a new counter out front. We got a bunch of new things. And all of those new things are just a way to do the same old ministry in a different way. And here's what God has has told me through this scripture, and I used it a little bit in my Christmas Eve sermon. There is one word here that I want you to focus on in verse number 19. If you are like me, I write in my Bible, and it's okay. I, don't, I, think, it's, I think it's okay. Let me rephrase that. You may not agree with me. Verse number 19, the first word is behold. You need to circle that. You need to highlight it. You need to underline it. And you need to start. And here's what God is saying. Everybody know what behold means? Some translations, if you have a different translation, it might say see. But behold is, 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 is fixing your eyes on something. When God says behold, He doesn't just want you to skim through it really fast. He wants you to focus on it. And here's what God is saying in verse number 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Keep that verse up there just for a minute, Jeremy, if you will. Here's what God is saying. 
There's something new that's happening and it's springing forth and some of you are missing it. You're looking for the big picture. You're looking for the big thing. Some of you plant a garden and you put the seed down and you go out and you make sure you start to see the sprout. Is anybody like that? When I sow grass, I go and make sure I see it coming up. That's the only way I know that I sow grass. We have to see it. God says, I'm doing something new. And because your eyes are on an invading army, you're missing the big picture of what I'm doing. You're missing me at work. So here's my, here's my plea. Here's a pastor's plea. Let's see what God is doing this year. And even in the little things, if you look hard enough, you will see the sprout of God working in a miraculous way. We look for the big picture of God doing some miraculous things. I want you to know in families and in situations all around this church, God is working. I have seen it. But friends, if we don't take time to set our eyes on Jesus and set our eyes on the things that He is doing, we will quickly miss them. Get your eyes off the world. Get your eyes off the news. Get your eyes off of the, 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 the things that are going on around you. Get your eyes off of the work situations. I'm not telling you don't do your job. Go do your job and do it well. But don't focus all your worry and hurts there. Put your eyes on Jesus and just watch what He does. Behold, this verse says, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? There are going to be some people in 2023 that miss what God is doing because their eyes are on the wrong thing. Don't let something pity become a distraction of what God is doing. God is doing some miraculous things. As I close this message today, here's what I want to ask you. What is unfinished? What is unfinished in your life? What is unfinished? What do you need God to work on? In verse number 26, Isaiah says this, Put me in remembrance. Those four words remind me, God. Remind me once again that you're faithful, that you're there, that we can do this together. Don't you go through another year the same old way that you've always been. Because not only are you failing those around you, you're failing God. Is there unfinished work in this room? Is there unfinished work today that maybe we just need to take a moment and bow before God and say, God, readjust my eyes and put them on you. I got a call from Harmon this week that said, you're past due for your eye exam. <laughs> Here's what God's saying right now. Let's, let's go through the eye exam. Let's get our eyes focused. Behold the work of God. Keep your eyes on Him. And as the new year comes, we will battle and we will go through every situation knowing the presence of God, the faithfulness of God, and His work will be in our life. Christian today, as we open up this altar for a time and a moment of invitation, here's my prayer. Maybe there's somebody in this room that says, God, 
I want you to do something new in me. I have these plans and these dreams, and I, I think I know what you want me to do. I just need courage. Maybe today you just need to walk down this aisle and grab a pastor by the hand if you want to, but maybe more importantly, just kneel in the presence of God and say this, God help me. God help me to take these steps in faith. Maybe today you're here, and you are the person that has not given your life to Jesus. Here's what I know. God is not telling you to wait another day. Wait to another time. Wait till everything is, is figured out. God says, come to me now. If you come and you confess and you believe, Jesus Christ will change your life. I know that. I know that. Maybe today you're in a situation where you just need to be reminded that God knows you and God loves you. This is that moment. I pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to work in your life and in my life in these moments. Let's go to God. Father God, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your holy word. And God, my prayer is this, as we come before you today, I know that we come before our congregation and before people who are hurting. Some of them are in tough situations. God, I pray, Lord, that you will remind them through this message that your presence is real, that you are there, and that you know exactly what they're going through. Lord, maybe somebody needs to come and just kneel at an altar and give a situation and just put it in your hand, just trust you through it. God, I pray, Lord, that will happen. Lord, today, if there's somebody here that needs you as Savior, God, I pray, Lord, that they will not leave this building without making that proclamation, without coming and confessing their, their sins, that they're simple, simply just a sinner. But God, that they understand that through grace and through the cross that you took their sin and you removed it as far as the east is from the west. God, that you will forgive them through real grace and mercy. God, that you defeated death and that you rose on the third day to give life. Lord, maybe today somebody needs the life-changing power of Christ. Lord, I pray, Lord, that one person would come. Lord, today, whatever this opportunity affords each one of us to readjust our eyes and set them on you. God, I pray, Lord, you will begin your work now. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.